You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Very simple definition of a trend is just a unique way of doing something. A unique way of doing something. A trendsetter is an innovator, a person that introduces a unique way of doing something. Now, some people think that some things are new, but biblically speaking, nothing is new. Nothing is new under the sun, according to the book of Ecclesiastes. People will take the base or take something that has already been done and will put a particular touch, put their style to it. But there is absolutely nothing new under the sun. What has been is still happening and will continue to happen. It will just be expounded in, in different ways. No one can set a trend like God. God is the ultimate trend setter. He is the one that presents directly and indirectly unique ways of doing things. And of course, when it comes to his church or to his servants, well, and to his servants, he told us point blank in Amos 3 and 7, before I do anything, I'm going to reveal it unto my servants, the prophets. The prophet of this house is Barry Walker. Prophet of the MSW, J. Ron Baker. And so before God decides to do something in his church, he's going to present it to his, his house prophets, which equate the pastors. The ultimate goal of a youth pastor that is point blank a trendsetter is to make sure that he imparts in youth unique ways 
to think, to talk, and to act. That's what he does Sunday in and Sunday out. Empowers in their being unique ways to think, talk, and act. Because as a youth pastor, he understands that, that there are trends that are taking place in the world. That holy young people, young people that have devoted themselves to God, do not need to be a part of. We don't want our young folks having a, a trend where, where, where they're dropping their britches. Showing their drawers. That's indecent. That's not decent and in order. And the Bible calls for adults and children that are holy to do everything Decently and in honor. He knows that young people in the world are influenced by demonic forces. Influenced by people that are popular and looked at as stars and so forth. However, their worship is in complete contrast to God's word. See, understand something. As, as I said earlier, there, there's nothing new under the sun. There were popular people back in the book of, uh, back in the days of Daniel. Daniel was a young person when he came into Babylon. And when he got to Babylon, that, there were people. In what was at the time the greatest city on earth. Everybody was trying to get to Babylon. Babylon had it going on. And young people were, were doing things. They were making money. They were popular. They were stylish. They were creating fashions. Again, nothing new under the sun. A lot of them were into music and so forth. But because Daniel had in his being holiness, he was a trendsetter, but, but he knew that, that I'm in Babylon now. I'm no longer in little Israel. No longer in the little city that I came from. But I can't allow the trend of Babylon to become a part of my thoughts, my words, and my deeds. I can't let it happen. And, and I see what they're going to try to do. They're they going to try to feed me. <laughs> Something that God done told me not to eat. Gonna try to get me to drink something that God done taught me about. 
and told me not to drink it. And so Daniel said to the, the person that was in charge of making young people adapt to the trend of Babylon. He said, look, I, I can't put that in my mouth. I can't do what you're asking me to do. But I'll tell you what I, I can do. And, and, if, and if you permit me to do it, I'll be better than what you think. He refused to follow a trend that would make him unholy. A trend that was in complete contrast to what he had been taught from his teachers, his parents, and his pastor. He wasn't going to do it. He wasn't going to do it. See, you got to be bold, young folk. You can't be intimidated by folk. You, you got to let folk know, look, look, I don't do what you do because that ain't how I've been taught. Yeah, I, I hear y'all say it'll make you feel good, but I already feel good. I don't need to dip in that. I already feel the way I, I need to feel. And so Daniel, he stayed in the word. And he was not by himself. He had friends likewise that had made up in their mind, I, I'm not going to follow the trend of Babylon. I'm going to stick to God's way. And, and understand this, throughout the Old and the New Testament, even until the present day and time, Babylon is looked upon as the world's system. You can't get caught up in the world's system. John said, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Why? Because God told us in the old, the New Testament be holy because I am holy and touch not the unclean things if we do that Lord what's going to happen I'll be your God and you'll be my children and so again when it comes to, to genuine youth pastors like Pastor Baker, God uses him to present trends or unique ways to young people that are in contrast to the trends of the world. And it's essential and significant work that he does because in our day and time, 
the number one people that are being destroyed or their demise is taking place day after day is young people. There are more young folk dying than all the people. And sadly, most are going to hell. Straight to hell. Young people, young people are causing an overflow to take place in, in hell. Not because they don't know Jesus. A lot of them have just gotten to the point to where they reject him because of trends. They, they, they love darkness, as Jesus put it, more so than light. Young and old folk, we can't be like that. Shout at somebody, we got to love light more than we love darkness. We got to love getting our praise on. More so than being like the world. And Moses was dealing with the same things in his day and time. Israel was looking at the trends of people that were around them. Looking at how they'd done unique things. And they had gotten to the point to where some had even started to partake of what idolatrous folk were doing. That's what he noticed. They, they would listen to Moses, but, but they would still go and partake of the world. Might like some of us in here. Oh, you come to church. You come to church. But the same way you eat what's going on in the church, you're going to eat what's in the world. Same way you partake of the service in here, you'll partake of what's going on outside the church. I got to move on, but look at somebody and say, shame, shame, shame. Shame on you if you're guilty. James said, out of the same mouth come blessings and curses. Then he said to the brethren, this ought not to be so. You got to make up your mind what you're going to do. You can't have one foot in the club, one foot in the devil's kingdom, and then the other foot trying to sneak it in God's house. You got to make up in your mind. Joshua said to folk, choose you 
this day who you going to serve. You going to serve all the God? See you back. But if you're going to be like me, because as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. And so Moses recognized that, that some things were going on in the camp that were in contrast to what he had been teaching them. What God had been giving him to give the people. And so Moses said to the folks that he was setting before them four things in particular. And that he was setting before them four things that, that the heavens and the earth would witness they would be in full view in reference to whether they were going to do two of the things that were right and two of the things that were wrong because when you consider Deuteronomy 30 and 19, you'll, you'll notice that there are two negative things that he set before them. And there are two positive things that he set before them. He didn't even want them as a witness. He said, I call heaven and earth to witness against you. That as your pastor, as your prophet, as your leader, that I've been giving you the right thing. You got to understand something, MSW and a place of refuge. Once Pastor Baker gives you the word and I give you the word, we can't make you live right. I just want God to know God I gave them the word Rem the same way Lord I gave them the word they young but they they ain't dumb they know they understand what I was talking about because I broke it down so even the six-year-olds could understand what I was so whether you're six or 60 When you have been given a broken down right now word. It's up to you to receive or reject it. I used to go home. I said, Lord, I don't understand. Lord, I've been praying, fasting, and studying. Lord, Lord, I, you know I studied day after day. Give them that word. And then I give it to them, and they just don't want change. Used to get word. I said, oh, God, they ain't changing. 
or these folk ain't changing. Well, Lord, I better take that back. Some of them changing, but some of them just ain't. Because sometimes if you're not careful, you'll try to put everybody in that same box. But there are folk that love God's word. There are folk that they come to church ready to receive what God is saying. They come looking for a rainbow. They come looking for something that's going to make their life better. If I'm talking about you, tell your neighbor I come looking for something. And God always give me something. Because he said if you hunger and thirst the righteousness, I'll fill you. If you love the word, tell somebody, I love the word. I love the word. But once you're given the word, it's up to you how you use it. I don't have no blood on my hands. I'm not a jack leg. I don't play with the word. I don't skip around the word. I don't, I, I don't want you to get mad, but if you get mad, that's just you. I used to get upset when you got mad, but now it don't matter if you get mad as long as I'm in the word because the best place to be and the safest place to be is in, in the word. And so he said, I have set before you. I have put in your midst. I have put in your presence four things. There are four things I know you know about. You just have to make the choice what you're going to do. And I want to deal with the two negative things first. He said, I've set before you death. Death. And no doubt, even though Paul broke down in the book of Romans, the 6th chapter and the 23rd verse, that the wages of sin is death. No doubt when Moses talked about death, he didn't just talk about it from a physical or eternal state. He talked about it from a spiritual as well as a moral standpoint letting them know if you sin ruin is going to happen because figuratively speaking death represents ruin ruin equates complete Failure. I put death before you. I let you know what happens when you sin. You're going to die. You, you, you know, and, and, and the strange thing about sin, sin initially causes you to be happy. One writer said, the pleasure of sin, it only lasts for a moment. 
Some of y'all with your sanctified face. You, you, you know sin has a happy moment. Deacon Holland, sin has a feel-good moment. Some of us know about that feel-good moment that comes from sin. But ultimately, sin will turn on you. Sin will allow that moment of pleasure to, to, to just mesmerize you. And, and you get so caught up, but, but when you get caught up, then sin does a quick turn. And takes you down the road of ruin or death. He said, I done told you about death. I done told you about sin. I done told you if you do what God told you not to do, you're going to end up in ruin and ultimately if you physically die in hell, you're going to lift up your eyes. But the second negative thing he talks about in the text is cursing. The primary meaning of, of cursing in the Hebrew is pestilence. Pestilence which refers to evil happenings when you're operating in a curse when you choose to live a curse life you start believing in demonic influences you try to dismiss truths that you have been taught Because you're under a curse. Everybody ain't nobody perfect. Ain't nobody perfect. Yeah, but it, it, it's folks that ain't perfect, but they say, but you ain't saved. We can agree it. Nobody is perfect except God. Even God himself said that. That's Bible. Therefore, God himself let us know. I know you can't be perfect, Walker. But you can be saved. Because I put in you what it takes to think, talk, and do. According to my written and revealed. But see, when a cursing is upon you, you fight what God has 
been giving you. To the point to where sometimes you don't even want to show up to the MSW Center. Yeah, don't want to come. But you can't run from God's word. If he done gave you the word, it's, it's going to be right there in the midst of your mess. How many found out that word will follow you? Once he drop a seed in you, that, that, that seed is going to work on you. Especially on your mind and your, your spirit or your God consciousness. I done set before you curses. I, I, I done told you how God will put a curse or allow a curse to come upon you. I've told you how if you get to indulging in certain things. It'll cause a curse to come upon your life. I've even showed you how those folks that are popular, they are cursed. Man, we got to read the Bible. Do, do you know the devil? The devil is the most popular person. That has a curse on him. And, and see people that have the, the spirit of the devil. The devil tricks them in to accepting his popularity. But they likewise have a curse on them. I know Michael Jackson was, was one of y'all favorites. But you can't help but, but consider that he had a curse on his life. With all of that money undone, I made so many songs that I used to run at CBS. I did. I would run Michael J. I, I, I used to run these presses, and, and you would have 20 presses in one line, and, and every press there was Michael Jackson. And at the time, all that was going on, it was if his mind was just leaving him. His mind was leaving him. And it wasn't just evident in public, but even when it came to certain things that, that was happening with him and CBS at the time, it, it'd be like, man, there's got to be something going on in his mind. I said, this man is making millions from Pepsi. He's making millions when it comes to uh, clothing lines, millions when it comes to other things that he has put his hand in. But, but yet, He's afraid to do this, that, and the other. He's always changing something about him that when you look, it doesn't need to be changed. He was living a life of torment. Why is that? Because of sin. And then when you 
look at other folk. How when, when, when you look, they're, they're stars. They're, but how in the world can you overlook that a curse is on these folk? How can you be able to buy everything you desire, but yet you kill yourself? In the world, it's simply because it's a curse. It's a curse. It's evil consuming their lives. Jesus explained it perfectly. He said, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world but loses his soul? And see, some folk miss that. They think Jesus was talking about, about hell. In one sense, he was talking about losing your soul and ending up in hell. But in another sense, it was about losing your mind. Becoming something that he never ordained you to become. Because you done sold out to get. And for a minute, it's wonderful, but in the end, it's horrendous. A voice as sweet, nice, and powerful as Whitney Houston reeled in the church. But then leave the world because she couldn't get enough of dope or drugs. Why couldn't she just let it go? You look at you look at what go. How come she just won't let that go? It's a curse. I have set before you death and curse, cursing. And if you choose death, if you choose cursings, no matter how nice your life is, in the end you're going to reap what you sowed. I done found that you can have money without doing all that dumb stuff. You don't have to be cursed. I have death on you to have something. I got everything I desire. And feel good about it. I said I got everything I desire and feel good about it. And this is the other thing. If I desire something on a Monday. I ain't got to wait to payday to get it. Woo! 
open preacher, God. You got to know whose trend you're following and, and what the end of it is going to be. Which brings me to the two positive things that he set before them. He said, I've also set before you, number one, life. He wasn't just talking about existence because they were already living. He was talking about what Jesus later revealed in John 10, 10. But it had already been happening in the Old Testament. How can what Jesus said in John 10, 10 already be happening in, in the Old Testament? Because of scripture like Malachi 3 and 6 and Hebrews 13 and 8. God changes not. Malachi 3 and 6. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13 and it was already happening in the Old Testament. But Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief, the devil, comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil will even steal back what he gave you. The devil will make sure you get something, but in the end, he even get that back. Why? He'll take what he gave you, get it back, and use it. Use your stuff to give to somebody else that he's going to cause the same thing to happen to. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus, Jesus puts gifts in you, young folk, that will cause abundance to come forth. Whoever would have thought back in 1970, and I know some of y'all weren't even born then, but let me just, just bear with me, let me work this. That you would have folk pushing lawnmowers, riding lawnmowers, that were millionaires. Whoever would have thought you cut 10 yards in one day and you make a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. One day. I remember just trying to work. 40 hours plus 30. To get a thousand dollars. Whoever would have thought making ten thousand dollars a week just because God done blessed you to be able to rent out a few houses and you got ten thousand dollars every week coming in. You just Whoever would have thought such. But see, we overlook God's way of the trend that he is setting right before us. And we still want to pick up the trend of the world. You got folk in this church that are doing unique things. 
homes and making much money. You used to hope that there would be millionaires in the church. Now you have to try to figure out who all is a millionaire in the God came that we might have life and that more abundantly you got to see the trend you got to see how, how God can bless you with what you see the stars wearing if I was just like that basketball player, I could get some of them $3,000 shoes too. You ain't got to be no basketball player. You, you just ain't got to be no. Basketball player. You just have to understand God's way. The richest man that ever lived is still Solomon, a holy man. Don't follow a trend that's going to cause you to end up dead or under a curse. When God has promised, I'm going to give you some life. Second thing, as I get ready to close it. Second positive things, blessings. Proverbs 10 and 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And he has no sorrow. And see, that's what curses does. You have sorrow. But he said, I'm going to bless you. And it's going to be no sorrow. But now understand this too. Even blessings are nice things that come from the world. There's sorrow. Sorrow. making $12 million per contract in the NFL, but never happened. Going on the field, all geeked up of drugs in the, knee, in the knees, in the arm, make, making $12 million. You know, so-and-so just signed a $40 million contract. Yeah, but every time he go on the field, He's doped up. And get this, legal dope. Every time he goes on the field, he, he has to do a particular thing in order to keep his contract valid. Yeah, you got the contract for, for, for 12 million, but, but if you don't meet a certain quota, you ain't going to get that 12 million well why not make a million and you ain't gotta shoot nothing yo (laughs) 
See, you can make a million dollars more than getting doped up and performing to somebody's standard. But see, the enemy is so smart to where he causes young and old folk to buy into the trend of the world. Man, I'm going to do what so-and-so do. Look, ooh, man, he blessed. Yeah, he, he blessed, but you better look behind that. There's some sorrow with that, but not the blessings of God. Not the blessings of God. When God blesses you and you get your first million, you'll be like, man, I'm yet happy. I'm yet excited because of what God is doing. And get this, God doesn't even have to bless you with a million dollars to make you feel better than folks that are loaded down with money. I'm going to tell you something. The older you get, young people, the more you're going to recognize that time is just as valuable as money. Hold on. Being able to do what you like doing is more valuable than money. But it's good to have some money. If you need it while you got that time. You hear me? And so finally, he said to Israel, after he let them know, I done taught you. I done taught you about death, life, cursing, and blessing. And I'm even going to go so far as to let you know what I want you to do. He said, I want you to choose life. Choose life. Choose life so that when God calls you home, your benefits or your legacy won't stop with you. He'll let them keep right on with your descendants. Especially descendants that are in God. Don't leave your money to somebody that ain't in no God because they are good. Spiritual and natural descendants. Let me break it down. Paul said, do good to all men, but especially those of the household of faith. I don't want to have a natural son and I know he ain't about nothing but doing dope. You think I'm going to leave him all my money? I'm going to stop right there. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise.